It's happening again. Welcome to Work Cookie, a CBOT podcast. As we broadcast around the world, get bite-sized morsels and tidbits from our industrial organizational psychologists, other experts, and the latest research on the workplace to boost your organization's effectiveness. Sign up now at cboc.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from our experts at cboc.com. Welcome. I'm Dr. Jeremy Lookabaugh, Industrial Organizational Psychology Consultant and Workplace Communication and Negotiation Coach. Also, we have Tom Bradshaw with us, a voice and speech coach and a damn good actor, too. He is the official voice and speech coach for the industrial organizational psychology community. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to day one of the CBOC convention. Uh, Here we are. There's a lot of us on the screen today, and we're going to start with our expert panel uh, coming together and talking a little bit about the IO industry and sharing with you some of the successes, some of the struggles as well that they've had along the way. Uh, So, Jeremy, uh, who have we got on the panel today? I know... um, uh, Dr. Ariana Thompson may be joining us today, as well as Devin. And Devin, I can, Devin Demelico, Delmonico, I can already see you there. There she is waving. Uh, Linda Ann Rogers, I'm hoping you're here on the many fast screens in front of my deck. Deborah Colazzo, Lee Croson, Dr. Rajanik Modesta, and Jeremy, I'm sure we might even have more people popping on as well. Yes, that's correct. And you got them all, Tom. You got them all. Pays to study. Uh, <laughs> so, Jeremy, let's actually start. You know, we, we've talked a lot about how, you know, IO is the oldest profession that you've never heard of. Uh, and I have to be honest because I'm I'm probably the only non-IO here today. Uh, and I'm an actor, your humble servant here at Seabock. Uh, but I never even heard of IO psychology until three years ago when you and I met on a another <laughs> online video world where we were talking about online work and how to adjust and transfer over to it. So can you give us a, to start out with just a little bit of history and and not only how you got involved, but how did you find success? Ooh, that's a good question. I didn't even do notes for this one time. You're really, <laughs> you never do notes, good. Jeremy. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've always taken the entrepreneurial route. I've worked Minus a couple of jobs, like right out of right out of college, I've worked in corporate for a very short period of time. I've owned a couple of businesses, but what I've done is I've always kept my eye on the ball. And one of the biggest questions I, I get is how do you get how do you get external clients? And that's one of the reasons that we started to CBOC was built a for community and belonging for the for the IO psych, so we can fill in the gaps as a support system for students or graduating IOs, and also for experts to get together. To, to work on their branding, to work on client uh, acquisition, to work on systems, all these different kinds of things for those who want to be external. While also, sorry, every now and then, sorry, everyone, I have to go and click uh, mute if, if somebody's things off, so I get a little distracted. And now we're branching out too towards, towards the business sector as CBOC and universities and also recruiters. But for me, it was really about the continuing education. A lot of times, you know whether or not you're going to get a PhD at some point. Uh, so just keeping striving. Teaching others was always a big help for me. I've taught a variety of, of university classes in IO or, or related. And when I when I did work in corporate, I really just you know went hard at it. And I tried to use everything I learned, try to be as much of a change agent as I could, feeling around in a highly political organization, which is one that I worked in. 
Uh, I took the route of do great things and ask questions later, which I don't suggest to everyone, you know, if you can do it or not and get away with it. And I was able to, luckily I have bosses that let me run free and rain free. So that actually shaped a lot of what I was doing because in that, and I, I say, I look at all these different experiences is basically, so yes, I have a PhD, but I look at all these other experiences and I basically say to myself, well, that was another PhD. So some corporate experience, that was another PhD. Everything was CBOC, that's another PhD because you learn so much. And the key, I think one of the keys to success is getting yourself on track first with time management, with what you want to do and where you want to learn, not getting distracted, which is very hard, taking chances, accepting opportunity without accepting like different opportunities that come your way. A lot of people say, you know, you got to get used to saying no. I agree with that. You got to know when it's, a, when it's not a good thing to do. But there are some things when you have to to do them if if they're if they might be beneficial to you just in terms of networking. There's a book out by I think it's Adam Grant. Somebody can put it in the chat. I know you know the one I'm talking about. Where if you help people, it's like nice people finish last or something like that, but they finish. Where if, my thing has really been how do you add value? Give and take. Thanks, Chelsea. My thing has been adding value, and I started off. I was you know I've never been a networker. Uh, for example, but I started off basically with just writing lists. Like I'm a, I'm a guru at networking and I'll never become that, but I write these things down to keep me, to keep me on track and being helpful to others. I think the first things I did when I started my second consulting business was I just started writing blogs and then I got recognized by the, um, the owner of the, uh, HR, the LinkedIn group for HR, the one that has a million plus people in it, linked HR. I became a manager in that group, worked on all these different projects, and then things just start to happen. So in terms of a key to success, my road was a little a little jagged. Lots of, I don't know if I call them failures. I, they were failures. I, I just, like, I think of them not as failures, but it was really as learning moments and the ability to, to, to shave and change. And it's, it, you find out what's rewarding. You help as many people as you can, and I'm not, I'm that's just my personality type too. Right. I do things, ask questions later. Sometimes fly by the seat of my pants. It does get me into trouble, not as much as when I was younger, but it still probably gets me into a little trouble now. Tom. Well, speaking of trouble, Doctor Destiny, let's go to you uh, <laughs> uh, because yeah, Jeremy's given us a a really good synopsis of you know how he got involved and stuff, but. You were successful before you even joined CBOC. So what was it like in the world where, hi, I'm Dr. Destiny and I'm an IO psychologist and people just stare blankly at you? Yeah, I mean, they still do that, even though I think people know me more than, you know, I, I would assume they don't. But, um, you know, it's it's funny, CBOC has, has been a huge um, transformation for me in, in a way where I've been able to really um, connect the dots with my passion. Uh, my background is all military connected. So I, my mom, brother, you know, dad served the military. I served in the military. My husband's currently serving in the military and all of the things that I have researched and all the jobs that I pretty much worked in post-military have been connected to the military. And I have found so much correlation between the transition that people go through from the military, you know, they, they, everybody that goes into the military leaves the military and they go through a transition. And when they go through that transition, 
they they're they're have a little bit of identity crisis, right? They're like, who am I? What's my? I have a first name. Like I I had like I have skills. Like I have to go from like team to like you know from we to me and like uh, oh and guess what? I feel like there's a lot of correlation between that experience and what people in our fields kind of experience when they're trying to figure it out. When they're trying to figure out who they are, like I have a first name, I have a skill, I have to find a niche, I have to find like, oh my gosh. And so I think uh, because I've been so familiar with working with the community of military that like this community is very similar in that experience. Um, And so for me, like the takeaways uh, that I can provide to all of you today is, is, you know, we're going to talk a lot about like finding a specialization because people want to know that. But I always say follow the community that you love right? So for me, the military community, and if I think about the military community and how the field intersects with uh, that demographic, wow, there is so much potential there, right? Not only can I speak to the military community, but I can speak to organizations. I can speak about the value of a veteran. I could speak about like, I can go on and on and on and on. So same for you, instead of focusing so specifically targeted on a niche area that you are interested in, reach out, branch out, and you will find that all of these, and, and you will also find in, in that branching out uh, your specialization. So I accidentally found certification space and I love it now, sometimes, most of the time, but I love it because I'm able to take my specialization of certifications and say, hey, organization who's providing a certification, have you thought about targeting it to the military audience? So you see, once again, I'm overlapping. So my advice to all of you is to really just figure out that demographic that fuels that passion, that passion that sent you to this field in the first place. Uh, let me ask you, because I've, you know, in my involvement over the last two and a half years with the IO psychology community, there are a lot of ex-military who become IO psychologists. Now, is it something about the military and your experiences there? Or for you, was it you had to take that path? alone when you did the transition and you want to just help others get through that? I think that, you know, mine was personal on my own um, because I ran for the military for a few years and I found them. So I, and I think some people do that, especially women who are like more family. Like I got out to be in the, uh, out of the military to be with my family. Um, And so I was like, I'm running and I'm not looking back, but then I found myself looking back. But if we're seeing that there's so many people coming from the military, moving into IO roles, that is not an accident. That should be happening because honestly, we have a lot of skills that are transferable into the field of IO. Um, And I shared a little bit about the history of organizational psychology, but the earliest use of IO psychology was actually during World War II and World War I for the soldiers, helping them figure out where they would best fit in the workplace uh, within the military. So there's a history there. And I think that we just need to get better about understanding like the roots of that and then understanding then transferability. And that really goes for all of you. I, you'll, you will hear me say, if you haven't, I talk about IOE things, people do IOE things. So whether you're going through grad school, whether you have experience or you don't have experience, you have done some IOE things. And that's where we have to get better for ourselves about making those connections. And I like the uh, tag IO Psychology won the war. I think we should add that to the website somewhere. Uh, Speaking of another former military who went into IO Psychology, Lee Croson. Lee, hop on. Thanks, Tom. You know, I actually have to credit Destiny because she's the reason I found CBOP. And I tell you what, for those of you who are students right now or or early career, this is kind of an exciting time. Uh, I graduated 
with my master's 27 years ago, something like that. And Destiny Preet was the first IO psychologist I met about a year and a half ago. I mean, I may have met one, but I didn't know, you know? And, and so I, I saw her on LinkedIn and it, it and I like, I got to talk to this woman. <laughs> and, and so uh, we connected on Veterati, which is a mentoring service. And she introduced me to CBOC and she kind of tricked me because she said, hey, why don't you join this panel on Thursday and come? And she didn't tell me ahead of time that it was a podcast. And so the next thing I know, I'm podcasting and I'm like, check me out. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, when I joined CBOG, I was doing my intake with uh, with Jeremy and I was kind of grousing like many do. You know, I spent all this time and money and got his degree and I hadn't used it. Rah, rah, rah. And Jeremy's, you know, stalking my LinkedIn page going, dude, there's IO all through this. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, and he starts pointing to stuff. You know, we did this and did this and did this. And I'm like, holy cow, I did. Woo. And and so uh, unlike many people in the field, I mean, most of my stuff is actual experience based. You know, I haven't done a whole lot of research in several decades, spent career in the Navy, used, a, used it every day and didn't even realize what I was, you know, because I didn't think of it in those terms. And then, you know, got out, joined CBOG, got to talking to IOs, doing the podcasts and figuring out, I have experience in this stuff. And, you know, it was, it was a pretty amazing voyage of discovery. And, you know, and of course, what, what like Destiny said, coming out of the military and the transition and, and, you know, figuring out where you fit. It's like, wow, I got more tools in my toolbox than I thought. And it's only been in like, I don't know, the past year, year and a half that I've actually seen a job posting that said IO psychology or desired degree IO psychology. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about where things are going. And, uh, you know, I'm excited where this group's going because this is, this is amazing. 155 people in the room right now. That is amazing. I'm glad you're all here. I hope you'll connect if we're not. Uh, also, you know, a side gig, which I can also credit Destiny for. Uh, I will warn you, if you connect with Destiny, she loves to shove people out of their comfort zone. Sometime last year, I started the uh, IO Psychology pop-up networking because she kept poking me at it till I did it. And uh, it, we're going strong and uh, so we'll have another one next week. And it's fantastic. I know a lot of people here I've actually met through that. Uh, so if you want to get, you know, have some actual chat, come join us. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I post it every week. It's called pop-up because it's based on my schedule. It's usually Thursday, but not always. You know, it was not initially intended to be as regular as it's become, but it's been a pretty fantastic thing. And I'm just kind of rambling at this point, Tom. Was there a question I was supposed to answer? <laughs> <laughs> not yet, but but uh, I just need to check because you mentioned that you were Navy. And Dr. Destiny, you weren't Navy, were you? No, she's Army. Army. Oh, Navy, Army. Uh, I always love that football game. So maybe the two of you can get a little competitive over the next three days and We'll declare a winner. Oh and my! If, if anyone from the Air Force is out there, please join in. Uh, <laughs> so, Lee, what was it like for you that transition? And and are you working with veterans to help them transition? Yeah, actually, I am. I I'm a member of a couple of different groups that uh, we work with with veterans, helping with transition and providing resources. You know, camaraderie. Sometimes, almost like group therapy at times. And, you know, I'm part of the uh, military connected IO group that Destiny founded. So that's, you know, good stuff going on there. You know, when I came out, you know, like I said, Destiny was first in line when I, met, I had no idea there was even a, a 
a, a market at that point. So I ended up going into, uh, I'm, I'm working in the defense consulting space right now, and I'm working in operations. And one of the amazing things about IO, I mean, I like to refer to IO as the Swiss Army knife of psychology. We stay away from the counseling, but everything else is fair game. And I do employee development. I do uh, org development. I do change management. You know, my official title title is operations manager, but I'm kind of the you know I'm kind of like Mikey. If I'm dating myself there. Who's going to do it? Give it to him. So that's kind of kind of what I do. But for those of you who are struggling with your niche, because like I said, I is huge. I would say don't stress about it. Figure out what interests you. If it turns out not so much, try something else. And as you go through your career, your niche will define you. You know, you you can I mean, do it intentionally. Don't just wander around and bump into things. I mean, some people do that successfully. Other people just end up with shins. So just try the things. If it doesn't work, try something else. And just it, as you go, you will narrow that niche until you become the expert in that field. And, and I, I expect all of you to, to do great things. I mean, you're already starting. You're here with us. So, I mean... That says, says a lot about you. That is a, it's a very good start. And uh, Linda Ann, I see your hand up. So why don't we go to you next? Good morning, everyone. It's morning for me. So um, I just wanted to build up. I wanted to follow Lee, which is is a... <laughs> it was a tough thing to do following Lee. <laughs> Thank you for stepping up. <laughs> but she does it so well. I wanted to build on um, what both Dr. Destiny and Lee were saying about because IO is such a broad field, it's really a challenge for some people to find out where they want to be and what where, where it fits for them. And so one of the things that I suggest to people is just start noticing when you're talking about your work or what you're studying or whatever it is, what is that thing that you always end up talking about because that's your passion, right? That was what interests you the most or what you feel good about or feel like you have the most information on, just start talking about that and notice where, you know, what you end up talking about most often, and then follow that a little bit to see where that might take you. And if you can build on that, because it's a comfort zone for you, obviously, and we can really build on what our body and, and mind are really telling us naturally. So I would not worry about trying to identify some niche or focus area out there from the hundred of different possibilities that there might be. Just focus on really what you're already drawn to. And then other things might open up for you. You might be talking to someone in the, as Dr. Destiny said, once she started branching out, things became, she became more aware of certain things, but you have to start somewhere. So I really suggest that you look at what you naturally are drawn to, and then learn how to translate that into language organizations can hear. Because so much of what IO is, isn't what the organ organizations are hearing to that they need to pay attention to. So figure out how to translate what you're doing into those key words that organizations are hearing these days. And, so. and let me just let me just ask you because you you're an HR professional. Uh, you've also been an educator. You've written. You have your own companies. You you've done a lot. <laughs> but most of the people that are going to be joining us over the next few days are IO psychologists. What is that relationship between HR and IO psychology like today? 
Uh, you know, I'm sitting here going, geez, if I'm HR and I'm in an organization and all of a sudden an IO psychologist walks into my office and they're now part of the team, I might be a little suspicious. So what is the relationship like and is it in a good place right now? Well, I think there's an enormous relationship between HR and IO psychology. I don't think people realize that. I don't think IOs realize it, and I don't think that human resource realizes it. I've just had conversations, a couple of Pathfinder conversations recently, and one was somebody at a PhD in data analytics, and how does that relate? Well, I was able to show him um, an article that has a list of 200 different metrics that, that focus on HR, okay? So that might be in a larger organization, but they need somebody to really know how to analyze the data they're trying to utilize, especially now that they'll, that AI is going to be driving data-driven decisions in, in a lot of organizations. So there's a huge relationship between HR and IO, and I help people when I talk to them through CBOC, and I CBOC is such an amazing organization. It's helped me enormously as well. And so I help people when I talk to them see how IO translates into the organizational world so that it they can become integrated. It may not be an IO position, but there's ways to get you integrated into how organizations function now until the evolution happens. CBOC, not just for IOs anymore. <laughs> uh, may I for a second? You may. Yeah. So what Linda and so what's interesting about our C, we have a great bo- a bank of CBOC experts. And we also, so Linda Ann and Devin Delmonico are our resident HR gur- gurus who are just gurus in the HR space. And then we have some hybrids like Brendan Grass. She's an IO HR hybrid. So we do, we make sure that with our experts, we're really covering that full scope. Uh, and of course we've got like Tom for presentation speech. We've got Cynthia Lieberman for for brand building and media. So it, basically everything that somebody could want, we've got experts for that. And when, when Linda Ann says Pathfinder, we have a Pathfinder program where uh, IOs that are new to the field or looking to get into the field can become a member. And one of the options is monthly mentor calls with our experts. So that's what they're referring to. Tom, you're, Rajanik is up net, next. Fun fact about Rajanik. You know our logo? So the Seabock logo, how it has the the little dot on the side. So it's basically like I-O. You've got the purple little I, and then the dot of the I is the little O, and you've got the the psych symbol holding it up. So it's basically like the individual is holding up the organization, which is the O. But it was Rajanik's idea because at first we had it just on top, so it looked like an I. And it's just been amazing ever since to have it on the side because it just adds that bit of action. It's the eye is holding up the organization. It's amazing. So thank you, Rajanik, for getting our logo to be where we love it. So anyway, Tom, back to you. You can get in there. And, and I think it looks like a rooster. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the other one, but you know, we, we settled on this one. <laughs> I think through our conceptualization, it was the testament that the people are the ones that run the organization. So that's really the the symbol of why that O was there. So thank you for that shout out, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Well, and look, let me ask you, uh, Doctor, what has your journey been like 
as an IO psychologist and, and how has it changed your life? That's a really deep and broad question. So my journey started off just so you know everyone knows I got my undergrad in business ad administration and then my master's in counseling. So my love for people and organizations has always been there. I didn't know IO was a thing. I I knew I loved psychology and business, but I didn't know that IO was a thing until I did my master's in counseling and started to research and investigate us. And, and I said, I have to figure out how I can marry these two. And then when I did some more research and found IO within the um, doctoral program at Capella, I said, this is it. I read the program requirements and all the, the classes that it entailed, and it just choirs were singing, angels were were speaking to me, you know, it was just meant to be. So um, got into the the doctoral program and loved every minute of it. Now, my journey to get my doctorate was quite rocky because as everyone knows, getting your PhD has its ups and downs. But once I came out of the field, um, and Jeremy knows this, this story too, is that I didn't know where to go. I had no network of people to to lean on. Um, and all my mentor told me was, you know, just just find some people, go out on LinkedIn and find people. Well, I didn't know anyone. I got connected with, I believe it was a couple of people and they connected me with Jeremy and I said, Jeremy, hey, I want to do anything. Just, you know, whatever projects you have, I'll volunteer, I'll, I'll do whatever. And Seabach was was in the the middle of that. And here we are. I've been loving the journey ever since um, I got connected with Jeremy. And we then, you know, met other people from his network. And I brought in other people that I started meeting up with that had the same issue that I had, that they didn't know where to go, what to do as IOs, newly IOs from graduate programs. Um, and I and I thought that was just, you know, unfortunate. There is a, a huge organization that has, you know, a membership, but it just didn't have the touch points that we needed as as individuals and be able to get into this field, know what to do, who to network with. It was it was just a lost lost type of thing, you know, to to figure out where to go. You were on an island almost by yourself. So um, out of that was Seabach. And I'm so grateful to be here and what, you know, Jeremy and Destiny has been doing, you know, ever since. So that's my story. It's a great story. What advice would you give? Because, you know, as you're speaking, I'm thinking there's uh, one thing I've discovered is, you know, there, as you say, there's lots of IOs who were now in the summer, you know, they've just come out of graduate school and now they're looking for employment. Uh, and also there's a lot of people who have been IOs for quite a while now, but they're just maybe transitioning to their, their own organization or they, they have this degree, but, and they've been sort of a little bit working with it, but really don't consider themselves full-time IOs. So what advice with, you know, with you getting involved in CPOC and how it's helped you, what are some of the advice that you would give people about getting involved with CPOC and some of the things that you can take advantage of? Yeah, I mean, there's a plethora of things, right, that CBOC holds in terms of happy hours, stuff that's I'm terrible with names, um, things that are going on through the week where you can connect with other individuals who are IOs. There's, you know, sometimes we have game nights and um, that's great. So we're not always in that academic or or business space. We're just letting our hair down and having some fun and 
and and just really having that connection point. Because again, it, you can feel like you're an island by yourself if there are no other IOs that you can speak with and connect with, or you just want to network with individuals just because you like networking because you would, um, having other people who aren't in the same field as you is great to um, incorporate into your network. So there are many, many opportunities to get involved, such as Pathfinders, you know, as Jeremy mentioned, and those other, the podcast, so much to name. Um, Jeremy can give you the list or Dr. Destiny can give you the list of, of what all there is to do. But um, there's so many opportunities that you shouldn't be without a touch point of con- being connected with IOs or other people that are like-minded within your fields or in different fields. And, and you're not only a great IO, but you're an outstanding business person as well. <laughs> so okay. I'll how take often, that. <laughs> well, how often do I, so IO psychologists go to you? I, I'm good with the IO psychology, but I need some business help. So you're asking if uh, people just want to know in terms of how to run a business, what to do. And I want to start my own consultant business. Where do I even begin? Yeah. I mean, CBOC is a great place to to begin at because we can give you that foundation of resources within your state, you know, how to get registered with your state. And then once you get registered, maybe some certification that you're looking at, like Dr. Destiny has mentioned, she's a um, a guru at. Um, but there are some state certifications that you get. You can get if you're women owned, minority owned, disabled veteran. There's there's just so many certification that you get to provide some credibility that you know what you're doing and you're an expert in your field. And then there's some nationwide certification that you can get. So I have my SBA woman-owned small business certification. You can also get your 8A through SBA, as well as your economic disability certification through SBA as well. I don't know the entire acronym, but I believe it's like EDVSB or something like that. But yeah, we can help in providing that foundation of where to go, what to do, what steps to take, as well as some resources that are within your state, such as your P-tax, if you want to get into government contracting, um, such as the Community Business Partnership, if you want to get more funding for your business or take some classes that can help you with government contracting and other things like that. Well, thank you very much for that. Deborah, I want to come to you in a second, but before that, Jeremy, I, this popped into my mind as Dr. Modesto was talking, but I remember we had a conversation about what you can call yourself in different jurisdictions, and you can't call yourself an IO psychologist in some state. Can you explain that to me? Basically, it depends on your state. You can't call yourself an IO psychologist unless you have a clinical a clinical degree. So like Dr. Uh, Patricia Delgado, she can call herself an IO psychologist because she actually has a, a PsyD. So she's got a clinical, which mean, which includes licensure. So she's gone through licensure. So to call yourself any kind of, that's why you, you notice our terminology. It's always IO psychology practitioner, IO psychology consultant. And that's the guidance that we get, you know, right out of right out of grad school. I mean, there's plenty of people out there that call themselves psychologists. I doubt it. You know, I doubt anyone's beating down their door, putting them in handcuffs or anything. But you're not supposed to do it. You can get into legal ramifications, especially if you're if you're uh, contracting with a client. And if any of you are external consultants and you're contracting with a client, do make sure you have like in your MOA something that says, "Hey, by the way, although I hold a PhD in psychology, nothing." within the interventions I use 
should be construed as therapy, mental health, anything like that. And I have the exact terminology somewhere, but make sure you include that because that's very important. We have got to know our competencies. We've got to know the APA ethical codes. And we also just have to be you know, smart about it because there's not much that, uh, and we've also got to know like the scope creep. And when, especially when you're doing executive coaching, have a really hard line between what is therapy, when to suggest somebody seek a, you know, a qualified licensed mental health counselor, because we're not it unless you've got that clinical background. However, there's, even if I did, there's no way I would do the same thing with one single client. I would, I wouldn't do business and then mental health with the same client. So yeah, just different things to look into, but it's all, it's all based on the state and state licensure. I don't think in the U S anybody can, or at least in the uh, connected States. Well, thank you very much for that, Jeremy, and that explanation. Uh, Deborah, so let's get over to you. How did you get involved with CBOC? And and was your working with Linda Ann, were you guys doing that before CBOC or was that no? Well, tell us about that. I would love to. Hi, everyone. Um, super excited to be here. So I came to know about CBOC just because I was searching the internet, scouring the internet for some connection and some, you know, belonging. That's that's the truth of it. So I just, I really connected with what Dr. Rajanik said about feeling like an island. So I graduated from my master's degree. And by the way, here in Puerto Rico, with a master's, you get a licensing, like you have to go through the same licensing that that clinical psychologists do. So I took that test and that's why I used the psychologist part in my in my intro. So just wanted to clarify that it definitely depends on your state. And in our case, well, this is Puerto Rico, we're a kind of a weird in between territory. But I graduated from my master's. uh, And then I just felt very alone. I just didn't really know where to go next or how to really start. So for the first year, I was studying for my uh, for my license. And I was figuring out what I could do and how I could do it. And I scoured the internet, I found CBOC and I didn't meet Jeremy right away. So I signed up for the expert membership, but it said it was full. And I was like, oh no. So after that few months passed and for some reason, Jeremy and I got connected. I think I I wrote him a, a message on LinkedIn and he's like, yeah, sure, let's let's connect. And that was it. Like that was the first thing that really opened my world to this community to this just world of IO psychologists and IO practitioners, and even, you know, just HR professionals and other professionals that are coming together in this way. And it was like, I found, I found it, right. I found a place that I belonged. I, I was so welcome. So, um, by Jeremy and then Dr. Destiny wrote like a message and then everyone uh, that was in the expert panel also wrote messages. And I just felt like, Oh, wow. Like, I am connected to these people. And then I started going to the work cookie podcast and you could speak there. And it's just very easy to feel bonded to this community. It's very easy to participate. And then I was in one expert meeting to answer your second question. I was in an expert meeting. We do that about um, every month. And I think Linda Ann or Dr. Jeremy were like, let's do a leadership event. I feel like this is something that we need. Does anybody want to participate with Linda Ann on this? And I was like, I'll do it. So we've been working for about a year now together. It's been a really great working relationship. And I would have never been able to meet Linda Ann and let alone work with her in this capacity if it wasn't for CBOG. So I'm I'm really grateful for that. 
and that's one of the great things about the community is you're starting to see now the cross-pollinization where people are starting to work with each other, build projects, little side businesses, put some, <laughs> some money in your pocket. It's great. I'm not sure if Dr. Ariana Thompson is with us. If you are, pop on. There's 154 people on here right now. So unfortunately, I don't have everyone on my screen. And I know that uh, Devin Delmonico had to uh, step up for a while. So I don't believe she's with us anymore. So Jeremy, uh, here we are. And, and for everyone on the program, uh, these are your expert panel. These are the people who during the events will be popping in. They'll have some questions. Uh, they'll try to keep the conversation going as well. Uh, and also you can reach out and join uh, us as well. If you have any questions you would like to ask of any of the panel that you have met so far this morning, uh, just raise your hand and we'll get to you. Um, Jeremy, how are we doing? We're doing good. We got five minutes until this particular session's over. And also uh, other experts that'll be, so not all experts are, not all of our experts are panelists for each of the sessions. They base, They chose which ones they wanted to Go to. So you'll also be hearing from Dr. Juliet Nelson and uh, Dr. Ariana Thompson and also Dr. Patricia Delgado. And I don't think I'm missing anyone after that because everyone else is here. And then also, I think it's I think it's on Saturday. We have a Pathfinder member panel. These are members of our, our Pathfinder group. Um, but we'll also mention kind of what maybe think of that when Deborah Clausa was talking. We do like even when even when we onboard people to, to memberships of the organization, we try to do it in, a, in an engaging way. Either I or Destiny have, we schedule a, a call, like an intro call, and we usually do it within like a couple of days of, of joining so that we can meet each and every individual member, point them in the right direction. We send a video of the whole uh, membership portal, whether you're an expert member or Pathfinder, a video of it. So how to navigate it with the, the voiceover and everything. So we really, which is another reason why we have a wait list, because those things take time and we want to make sure everyone gets a good experience. So we really do focus on that because after all, it is the experience. And that's actually something that we're going to talk about in the next session with the um, driving the field of, of IO. So I think those are, we can open up for for questions, what one of the things that I've I've started to notice with CBOC is I'm starting to get emails now where um, people are job hunting. Like people, like CBOC is finding vacancies. People are contacting CBOC, going, "I'm looking for an IO psychologist," and, and you're now starting to contact the membership and going, "Hey, if you're in Florida, so is is that just something that's happened lately, or is that?" something that's going to continue to grow with CBOC. That's going to continue to grow because we did put a couple of teasers out there. I think you notice we're not that big. We're not like the big marketing. We don't do a whole lot of you know marketing. We're more just like grassroots, that kind of thing. So we're not like, hey, in your face, except for these past two weeks, we've been extremely in your face. And you're like, what are these people doing? But we really wanted to get the message out uh, about this event. Uh, and we're going to start doing that. We're going to start doing that. We're going to start more on the marketing aspect because I think there is some value there in terms of some value add. But one of the things that's going to make that big difference, and I talked about this either now or in the previous session, I don't recall, with the with this service package that we have for recruiters looking for IO talent, which gives them a really engaging way to market and find the IO talent that they need. 
so we've done a couple of teaser posts uh, like that. And we actually set, we actually created a recruiter blog that's on the recruiter website. That's actually open to the public. But what we're doing is we're going through the empirical research and we're also getting into information, not just the empirical stuff that's, you know, not everyone loves reading study results and whatnot, but we're also adding books like, hey, here's a cool book and here's what this says. And that's in the blog, but we're helping recruiters understand the best way to hire IO psychology talent. We're helping to educate recruiters on what are the 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 challenges the needs the fears um how do you best communicate what are our passions about whether it's time management uh, specifically related to us i can't remember we just did a three-part blog series on building their talent pipeline and how that's important especially with the io community handing a uh we, we did an io post or, or a blog post for them or one coming up with how to handle a large pool of candidates because there's a lot of ios not as many IO jobs. So we're trying to be that resource for recruiters to take some of the, with the packages, we take a lot of the heavy lifting off of them and we do it in an engaging way. Uh, but even just with the blogs, it helps them feel again, more like what we try to do, pull them into our community, which is again, something that I'll talk about in terms of, when we talk about uh, in one minute, I'll talk about the same kind of thing where we can parallel these strategies to build the the brand awareness the brand awareness of the field. So yeah, people are starting to catch on. We've got big plans that we're not going to share it because they're ironed out. We don't want to jinx ourselves. I see Destiny smiling. We've got big plans for the uh, basically finding everyone jobs. Uh, I'll, I'll just put it that way and having a full engine there. But we, uh, you know, we're getting there. We're getting there. Well, and and just like that, our first session has flown by uh, 45 minutes in the can uh, an additional half hour before that. Uh, so it's just, and this is the way that three days is going to go. It's just going to fly by. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Cookie, a Seabock podcast. Don't forget to sign up at seabock.com. That's S E B O C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from experts. Would it be a bad idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away? At seabock.com. <laughs>